I gotta tell you, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited. In our weakness, He is strong. I don't come to you this morning in man's wisdom. I don't come to you this morning with a degree. I don't have a doctorate. I don't have any seminary. Matter of fact, I'm really not good enough. All I can tell you is this. God has changed my life. He's taken this scallywag. He's taken this druggie. He's taken this alcoholic and changed my life. And I'm here to give you the Word of God this morning. Amen? Thankful for the songs this morning. Some of you might think that we're a little bit crazy in here. Some of you might think that we're just a little bit wild, but listen, we're just a bunch of scallywags who've been saved that just want to praise and thank God for what He's done in our lives. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 63. Psalm chapter 63, I'll be preaching through the chapter this morning. And Psalm chapter 63, let's pray, Lord, we love You. Thank You for Your faithfulness. Thank You for Your goodness, God. Thank You that power is perfected in weakness. Lord, we need You this morning, God. Have Your way. Illumine this Scripture, God. I'm asking You for an anointing. Anoint my lips. Anoint my tongue, God. May I preach Your Word clearly, boldly, unashamedly, as I ought to, God. For You and fear of You and no man, God. We'll give You all the glory. We'll give You all the praise. We've already sensed Your presence in this place. God, we praise You. Change eternity today. If this is the last service we ever have, God, I'm asking You to blow the roof off of this place. I'm asking You to bring heaven down in this place. Change eternity. Save the lost. Revive Your church. Shepherd Your sheep. We love You and we'll give You all the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Psalm chapter 63 says, Oh God, You are my God. Early will I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh longs for You. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I tried to read some commentary on this chapter. There wasn't a whole lot out there. From what I gathered though, David, when he was running from his son in the end of his life, when Absalom his Absalom his son was going to take over the kingdom. Uh, many believe that David wrote this in the wilderness when he was in fear of his life. And he says, Oh God, You are my God. Early I will seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh longs for You in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. You know, you'd think in a dry and thirsty wilderness where there is no water, you'd be seeking after water. But he's so enveloped. His fellowship, his desire is so close. He wants God so much. All he can think about is God. He's not after water. He's after God. And I tell you, God wants us to have this heart. Where we're after Him. Where all we want is, is Him and nothing else. I've been saved for seven years. October 21st, 2007, God changed my life. And in seven years, I've had ups and downs. I've had highs and lows. I've been close with Him. There's been times where I felt so far apart from Him. And I'm just going to tell you a personal testimony with me this morning. I don't know exactly what it is. Well, I know who it is. Amen. But I feel revived in the last few weeks. I feel restored. I feel like God has just stirred me up. And I can honestly say this this morning, this first verse. I can't always say it. There's times where it hadn't been true, but I can say this this morning. God, all I want is You. The last few weeks, all I've wanted is God 
every single day. You know, as Christians, we can say that. It's real easy to say that, and our lives speak otherwise. If we were to give ourselves a heart check, a heart desire, often we're after other things. Often we're after some of the times the things of this world. As Jesse said when he was up here uh, giving the Scripture this morning, there's things in our life, a lot of times as Christians, that come before God. Idols. There's so many things that can be an idol. And listen, for example, some people have Facebook as an idol. I'm not saying Facebook is bad. I'm not saying it's sin. But something if, if there's something in your life that comes before God, it is an idol. That's, that's between you and God. If you need to totally get rid of it, you just need a heart check. Listen, I want to say something. God wants us to desire Him and Him only. In a dry and weary and a thirsty land, God, all I want is You each and every day. That's sweet fellowship. I've been praying. I told you I've been personal revival. And last week, last week, many of you saw it on my Facebook post, I'm switching jobs. I've been working for a Christian in, in Winfield, Kansas for three years. He's, man, God's just, it's been awesome. And I'm going to move on to a new job next, on October 6th. I'll start. I'm very excited about it. And I've been down there for three years. I was a manager at a flooring store. And uh, I told you in the last few weeks, just feeling revived. God, all I want is you. God, it's such an honor just to serve you. God, let me draw near unto me today. God, how may I serve you? It's my honor to serve you. How can I tell somebody about Jesus today? How can I serve you today, Jehovah? How can I tell somebody what you've done in my life? I had that heart and that desire. And last week was my last week at Gaston's down in Winfield. And on Monday, Wednesday was my last day. I worked Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday last week. And on Monday, there's this guy that walks by. I stand on the corner of 6th and Main, big windows, and I always pace back and forth and, and, and pray. And just, well, honestly, I had a lot of alone time down there. And, um, you know, I used to joke with people. I felt like a tiger in the zoo or a penguin, whatever. You know, when you're pacing the glass, let me out of here. <clears throat> Anyways. Monday, I looked up, and there's this guy that walks by. There's a, 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 an older housing addition over on uh, the south side of my store, the north side, excuse me. And there's this guy for probably a year and a half, two years. I've seen him walk by. I've seen him and his girlfriend, his wife, whatever. They're probably my age. I've seen them walk by probably three to five times a week for a year and a half, two years. And... Oftentimes, I saw him and I prayed for him. I prayed for him and here's why. Because, let me say this first so I don't sound real judgmental. I have done a lot of drugs. I was hardcore drugs and a hardcore alcoholic for nine years. Being saved seven years ago, just by looking at him, I could tell what drug he did. I could tell what drug he used. I knew what was his thing. And I prayed for him all the time. Uh... He walked by every day. I could tell that he didn't have a car. I could tell he didn't have a job. And those are just simply things. I understand that. But I noticed him walking all the time and I prayed for him. My, my heart and my desire, I'll just be honest. Sometimes people are like, man, I just don't understand people that drink and do drugs. Well, I can tell you, I do. I don't understand people who reject Christ that walk around sober all the time. That's what I don't understand. 
I was so stinking miserable. How could you stand there and live in your reality? My goodness, when I didn't have God in my life, get me out of reality. That's what I understand. I understand, I understand people who do drugs better than that don't when you're not serving God. And I watched them walk by all the time. And I prayed for them. And I prayed for him. And on Monday, I looked at him and he was walking by. And I knew Wednesday was my last day. And I watched him and something just in my heart said, go talk to him. Go witness to him. And as we always do, I thought, man, he's going to think I'm crazy and and this and that. You know what? I didn't get up and go. I didn't. I felt in my spirit as he left, I felt I should have gone. And I knew Wednesday was my last day. And I said to myself, if I see him again, Lord, I promise in the next two days I'll go. On Wednesday, I'd totally forgotten about the prayer, totally forgot about seeing him. And I was waiting on Dave to come over. It was our last day. Dave is uh, my boss. He's the owner. He's like a father figure in my life. He's a Christian. I love him. I was standing out front waiting for him, just standing outside, you know, on Main Street right there on our, on our sidewalk. I was standing there, and like I said, I'd totally forgotten. It was nice weather, and I look, and I'm looking around, and I look this way, and about 100 yards, there he is right there heading my way. Right there on my sidewalk. And uh, he got down to me. And he got close. He looked at me and he walked past me. I said, hey. He kind of looked at me funny, you know, smoking his cigar. I said, hey, can I come back here? Can I talk to you for a minute? He came back and talked to me. Strange thing. Funny thing is, is you know, I'm from Derby. I'm 32 years old. He was from Derby. He lived down there. He was 34 years old. We'd never met each other before, but... I got to talking to him. I said, hey, listen, you're going to think I'm really weird. But I've been praying for you. And I've noticed you walking by. And I don't know if that's your girlfriend or your wife. He said, it's my wife. And he said, well, I said, I know she's not here with you today. But, man, I just wanted you to know that God put you on my heart on Monday. And God told me to come talk to you. And I didn't. And I told God if I saw you again that I was going to talk to you. And I said, I was standing out front, and I looked over, and there you were heading my way. I said, I want you to know this, that God loves you, and He's got a plan for your life. And I told him some of my testimony. I said, hey, I want you to know this. I hated church and church people. I thought they were hypocrites and judgmental. I never wanted nothing to do with church people again. I said I was hardcore drugs and alcohol. But on October 21st, 2007, God changed my life. I've never been the same since. And I've been serving God ever since that day. And I want you to know the same thing can happen in your life if you'll turn to Him. He'll save you. And I believe He put me right here in front of you right now to tell you Jesus loves you. And he began to, he began to have tears in his eyes. He said, well... That's a funny thing. He said, the last few days, uh, tragedy has struck. He said, something happened with my girlfriend. We got into a fight, my, my wife, and she's in jail right now. She got picked up the other day, and, and I had this happen and this happen. And I sat here at the, uh, some church feeds, uh, feeds them in town. And he said, I sat here the other day, and a woman told me that God loved me. And then my pastor, he's checking me into this place tomorrow. My pastor's checking me into a drug rehab place next week. He said, my life's falling apart. And you know what he said? He said, I've fallen back into. Remember I told you the drug I knew he was on? That's exactly what it was. He said, I've fallen back into this and this. And he had tears begin to well up. And he said, there is a God. He said, there is a God. 
He said, I can't believe you stopped and told me that. But he said, I know there's a God, and I know he's pursuing me. And he said this. He said, you know, a few years ago I got saved, and it just never happened. And I said, listen, I want to say this to you. I said, I promise you, I'm not special. I'm not holy and righteous. I sin all the time as a Christian. I make mistakes, but I want to say this. Because he told me, he said, well, I got saved these years ago, and he's continued. His life had never changed. I said, listen, I want you to know this. I said, for years and years, I believed in Jesus. For years and years, I'd said a prayer. I said, I want you to know this. I'm not being judgmental. I'm not being mean, but your life doesn't say you're a Christian. I said, I promise I love you, and I'm care, I care enough about you to tell the truth. I said, I used to believe what you believe right now. I know that you believe in Jesus. I know you've said a prayer. I know this, but your life speaks otherwise these last four or five years. I said, you know what, for years I said I was saved and I continued in drugs, I continued in alcohol. I said, the Bible says in James chapter 2, the demons believe. You must believe, it's a step, but it's more than believing. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, many shall say in that day, Lord, Lord! And he'll say, depart from you, I never knew you. I said, man, that was me. And I said, listen, don't think that just because you've said something and you believe. I said, listen, repentance The word repent literally means to turn around and go the other way. I said, listen, Jesus didn't say come pray a prayer. Jesus said repent. Why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I say? That's Jesus Christ. That's His Word. That's His Gospel. I said, you can't say that I love you, Lord, and not repent. You must turn and go the other way. I said, God loves you. I said, friend, repent and turn from your sin. Give Him your life. He'll save you and He'll change you. And He said with tears welling up, He shook His head. He didn't say much. He shook His head just with tears and said, man, my sister told me this the other day. Through the events that He shared with me, it was evident to me God had already been working on His heart. I want to say this to you this morning. Church, if God has called you, listen, God, if He's telling you to do something, He always goes before you. Don't quench the Spirit. You know what's funny? I don't know how God's perfect will works out with our free will, but you know what? Through the events that He told me, if I'd have gone on Monday, it might not have been the best time. That time and right there was the best time. And I believe with all my heart, God was pursuing Him. He cried. We hugged each other right there on the corner. I put my arm on Him. I said, can I pray for you? We prayed right there. God, I just sensed in my spirit, I felt like God was showing me, there's a pastor, there's a man in his life. Branson, you're done. You were just part of the puzzle drawing him to me. I prayed with him and sent him on his way. You know, I'm talking to you about the fellowship of God. I began to realize when my heart was inclined to God, I want you and I want you only. What an honor it is to serve Him. Amen? What an honor it is just to know Him. I felt so honored and blessed that I could be used by the King of kings and the Lord of lords in that man's life. Check your heart this morning. Where's your desire? What are you longing for? Are you in a dry and thirsty land? What are you after? God wants you to long for Him and Him alone. Verse 2 says, So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Man, I love that. There ain't no better place to look for God than in His house this morning. Amen? 
God loves and wants us to come to church. I was reading last night in Hebrews chapter 10, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It's incredible today how many people say, well, I love God, but I cannot go to church. I'll just tell you, that does not make sense to me. That does not make sense according to God's Word. If you love God, you will be in His house. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm looking for God. I'm blessed to be a part of His church. I'm blessed to be a part of His sanctuary, a part of His house. You know, uh, I'm very excited. Tomorrow night, I'm going to the Monday night Chiefs game. Amen. Somebody give me a shout. Thank you, Chris. There you go. We need one fist pump. Amen. Pray for us now. Amen. But the Chiefs, how could I tell you? Just imagine I lived in Kansas City. I lived in Kansas City and I had season tickets that somebody handed to me. And I said, friend, I love the Kansas City Chiefs. But then I never went to the games and somebody had given me tickets. Would you honestly, would you believe that I really loved them? I was available to go, I had off, I had the tickets, I lived in Kansas City. Would you honestly believe that I really loved them? If I was like, man, I'm the biggest fan, I love them. Listen, I want to tell you this. If you love God, you will be in His house. I promise you. You'll be in His house. I can tell you, though, you know the ones who love the Chiefs the most are the ones that just watch, you know, they watch ESPN, they get online. Where's Rick Fiak at? My goodness. Well, he ain't in here right now, but man, that guy loves the Chiefs, amen? They're just totally enveloped in it. I want to say this this morning. Don't get with me afterwards. I'm just going to say it. This isn't meant to be legalistic. You could go to church and not love God all the days of your life, but I want to say this. I know the people who love God the most, they show up here on Wednesday night and Sunday night. Why? Because they love God so incredibly much. They're not too busy for God. You know, a lot of times you hear about busyness of life. I'm not, I'm not, uh, well, I'm just going to say this. I'm busy. I'm really, really, really busy. There's a lot of people in this church that are really, really busy. I guarantee you I could hold up some of their schedules and hold it up right next to yours and you'd be blown away. But you know what? We got good people who are faithful. Where's Chris and Brittany at? Right there. This guy's busy. How many, overtime, how many hours were you working when you guys were doing that overtime job for the past year? 60 to 70 hours a week with two kids, one on the way. Here at church, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every single Wednesday night, leading our worship. You know why? It's not about being legalistic. It's not about, oh, well, now that he, he said we've got to go to church. I just want to say this. It goes back to first one. He's madly in love with God. They just can't get enough of God. I'm telling you, God wants that, us to have that heart, to have that attitude where, God, I want you and I want you alone. It's awfully quiet in here, but I want to say this. That's good preaching. I've loved you. I've searched for you in your sanctuary. Verse 3. I'm going to read 3 through 5. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Man, I'm starting to feel stronger this morning. Amen? This I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Did you catch that? He's in verse 2. See, verse 3, lips. Verse 4, hands. Verse 5, soul. Verse 5, mouth. Even goes on in verse 6, meditate. The psalmist here is totally enveloped in praise. He says in verse 3, my lips shall praise you. 
I will bless you. I will lift up holy hands. You need to know this this morning if you're in this place, if you think that we're a little bit crazy, all of our praise and worship is biblical. The Bible says to praise Him with your lips, with your mouth. The Bible talks about in Psalms, shouting to the Lord. The Bible, I just read it to you, says lift up holy hands. I'm going to say this, we got a good church of people that are just enveloped in praise. You know, our God is so worthy. I heard a man preaching last week on the radio. He said this. He said, uh, some time ago, years ago, something bad had happened in their ministry. It was terrible and it was awful. They didn't know financially if they were going to make it to the very end of the week. It was that bad. He was crushed. Literally. Bills and all that stuff. They didn't think they were going to make it to the end of the week. He got home and he opens up a letter. It's a Good letter from the IRS, amen? And it said something along the lines that they owed like $3,000 that they already didn't have. He said it brought him to his knees and he looked to heaven and this is what he said. Naked I came into this world and naked will I leave, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh man, we need some people just to be enveloped in praise. You know, we talk about worship. It's more than just coming here on a Sunday morning. Worship is your life. But you know what praise is, right? Praise is an outward expression. You can't stand there and be quiet and praise. Praise is something outward that you do. The, the, the psalmist here, David, is totally and just enveloped in giving God glory and giving Him praise. I want to say this this morning. Praise will change your life. Many of you think I'm wild and crazy. I didn't do a lot of praise this morning. I was feeling shaky trying to sit down and conserve my energy. But listen, I want to say this. Praise, when I'm in my car alone, I'm shouting like an animal. Amen? When I'm at home, I used to come here all the time. I still do every now and again. I'll come here on a Thursday or Friday night late. I'll just walk around the sanctuary and praise God. You know why? Because my God has been so good. Because my God has been so faithful. Because I got something to shout about. I got something to praise Him about. You know, did it ever occur to some of you that the devil had spoken things over us? You know, we always talk about God's promises and the things that God has done. What about the things the devil has spoken over us? Lord, I bet that how many years ago it was, I bet the devil said, you weren't going to make it. I bet you he said that, didn't he? Kevin, I bet the devil was saying, Kevin, you ain't never going to make it. You're going to be stuck in this alcohol for years. You're going to be stuck in this anger for years. I bet the devil said that to you, didn't he? Matt, my friend, I bet God said we weren't going to make it. Huh? Here we are on a Sunday morning. Take that, devil. Chris, hey, I bet the devil said we weren't going to make it. I bet he said that we weren't going to make it. I bet there's some of you in here and the devil said, you're not going to make it. You've gone too far. You've messed up too much. You're too angry. You're too bitter. In your past, it's been too hard. You're too broken. Nobody knows this. There's some of us who can stand up in here today and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. God has changed my life. God has been good. He's been faithful. He saved me. He changed me. What religion could not do, Jesus did. You know, the enemy used religion in my life to keep me from church. Man, I hated church people. You know, you know the devil, you know the devil used the Pharisees, the religious leaders, to have Jesus Christ crucified. If you're against a bunch of self righteous religious church people, and that's the reason you say you don't serve God, you need to get a hold of this book. Because a bunch of self righteous religious people hated Jesus Christ too. Remember when I got saved, I just realized, you know what, I'm just going to be the real thing. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. But I can tell you this. I'll look you in the eye and tell you this this morning. I'm real. Jesus Christ has changed my life and i got something to praise Him about. 
God is good. Verse 6 says, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. You know, we see here the psalmist, he's just close to the Lord. He's close to Him. Here in the middle of the night, you know, we wake up in the middle of the night and we think about a lot of things. But man, he's waking up. He's waking up and he's thinking about the Lord. That's all he's wanting. He's all he's after. Hey, we've all been there. You ever woke up in the middle of the night been stressed? You got this going on with your kids? You got this going on in your family? You got this going on with your job and with your money? You ever, how many of you woke up in the middle of the night and been thinking about something else? God is so good. I don't know why on some of the little things in my life, I just wouldn't trust and obey Him. I want to, I want to say that this morning. The revival and the restoration of my life in the last few weeks, where I can just simply say, God, all I want you, it started with trusting and obeying Him. And saying, God, I'll finally let this go. All I want is You. That's where it started, with trusting and obeying God. Be close to Him. Meditate on Him day and night. Oh, I love the way he says that. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I oh, notice that phrase again, I will rejoice. You know, God often paints pictures just for us to see. You know, you see the shadow of your wings as a hen gathers her chicks. I don't know about you, but I want to be under God's wings. I just want to be close to him. I just want to, I want to feel his heartbeat. I want to feel him breathing. I want his life just to flow through me because I'm so close to him. Verse 8 says, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Notice he's still close to the Lord. My soul follows close to you. Behind you. Your right hand upholds me. This morning I was back in the office and I I didn't get to go over my sermon this morning. I couldn't. I couldn't get it through one time. And I was looking at that verse. I was trying to read through the chapter. Just read the chapter. And I was reminded... He said, your right hand upholds me. I was reminded of Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 9. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Listen, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I read this part and it got me good. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't forget this morning, if you're a child of God, don't forget who upholds you with his righteous right hand. Don't forget, oh man, listen, don't forget when he plucked you out of the darkness and saved you and changed your life. Jesus Christ, he upholds you with his righteous right hand. Friend, his grace is sufficient for you. His strength, his mercy, there's enough, amen? Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackals. You know, when I read this part, I was really wanting to get some commentary on this. But listen, he's basically talking about his enemies. King David is talking about the people that are against him who are trying to kill him. I want to say this on those two verses. There's people who are against us. Yes. There's people who want to kill us. You know, uh, in the last few weeks, even Joppa mentioned the deal with ISIS. And I want to say this. Hey, I was reading in Hebrews chapter 11. People were getting sawn in two in these days. People were getting fed to the lions. People have been being martyred for 2,000 years. People have been being killed because simply because we are Christians. 
There is an enemy. I want to say this. People, this may be hard to believe, but I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. I try and go with that, not with my opinion. People is technically not the enemy. The devil is behind it. I want to say this. When I was not a Christian, I would have never said this, but my selfishness was a servant of the devil. You may think that's crazy. I'm just going to say this this morning. You may not know it, but you're serving somebody this morning. I promise you. And if Jesus Christ is not his Lord in your life, you are a servant of the darkness. I promise you that. You're a servant of self. You know, one of the original sins of Satan was pride. How many of us don't deal with pride, with selfishness, with bringing ourselves glory, with longing to fulfill myself, doing what I want? That was the original sin of Satan. We need to pray. I want to say this this morning. We even need to pray for the men of ISIS. That's pretty hard, that's pretty hard phrase. Amen? Let's just be honest. In our flesh, that's a pretty tough phrase. Jesus Christ died for those men. I want to say this. They, just like I was when I was lost, I was totally deceived when I was in the darkness. I did not know that I was going against Jesus Christ. I did not know I was a servant of the darkness. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. He died for each and every one of us. He even died for our enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Very different contrast from what they tell them to do to their enemies. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Jesus said, love your enemies. I want to say this. Don't get too focused on the enemies. Don't get too focused on what's going on here and the things of this world. I'll say this this morning. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look unto eternity. Look to things that are above. Because in verse 11, but the king shall rejoice. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. He says everyone who swears by him shall glory. The last four verses there, he's really dealing with his enemies. I want to say this. Trust in God. Sometimes you may not have an enemy that's trying to kill you. Sometimes you just may have an enemy that just wants to gossip about you. Maybe you've got an enemy in your life that just wants to slander you, cut you and your family up and down. We have those types of enemies, amen? I want to say this. Don't be focused on them. Pray for them. Say, God, give me a heart to love them. I love, he says, everyone who swears by him shall glory. For some reason, when I read that word, this old song, one of the old hymns kept coming back to my mind. You remember that old song? Some of you remember it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I think it says, look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. The, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory. Some of us this morning are worried about so many things that have got nothing to do with eternity. It's got nothing to do with heaven. I want to say this this morning. Look unto Jesus. Set your eyes on things that are above. Look unto Jesus. 
I've started to notice just in this last few weeks, I couldn't say this a month or two ago. And I don't mean the sermon to all be about me this morning. I'm just sharing you my testimony a little bit. But the, I can testify the things of this earth, they've, be, they've begin, become strangely dim. If you were here last Sunday night, here we were talking about the presence of God. If you weren't here, then you missed it. Amen? You know, I begin to think about a lot of the things that are going on in this world. Just like the Bible said, things are getting worse and worse, as, as the Bible has told us, as God's Word told us. You know, I begin to think, well, what's going to happen at my end? I mean, hey, I, it could be a car wreck. Uh, you know, it could be, what if I was martyred? I don't know. I could be caught up in a tornado for all that matters. Amen? Who knows? But I again, began to look at eternity. And God really began to place on my heart, just look unto Jesus. Let the things of this earth, let them grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Look unto the heavens. We're not going to be here that long. We're not. Life is but a vapor. Life is but a breath. We're here today and gone tomorrow. Soon and very soon, it's all going to be over. I mean, you can just about guarantee, maybe except for that little guy, in a hundred years, none of us are going to be here. The things of this world, they're, they're passing away. What are you living for? What's your life about, Christian? What's your life about, church? Are you a servant of Jehovah? Are you about the Father's business? As he said in Matthew 20, chapter 28, going and preaching the gospel to every creature. Every single one of us, if you're a Christian, in some aspect, you are called to preach the gospel to every creature. What's your life about? What's your life about, child of God? Is it about the things of this earth? Because I want to say something. They're passing away. Many of you have heard the story of the rich man and Lazarus. I, I think I haven't mentioned this the other day, but remember the rich man and Lazarus. Rich man, and it's not a sin to be rich, but in the story, the rich man, there's the poor man who laid on his gates and he was poor, and the rich man, and they both died. Lazarus was in heaven and the rich man was in hell. The rich man, as he burned, he cried out. And if you know the story, he could see, he could see up, he could see Lazarus and Abraham, correct? And he could see them. And he said, he said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to, to give me a drop of water on my tongue. I am, listen, this is what he said. I am tormented in this flame. I wish, I wish that I could open up the gates of hell and bring the rich man to stand right here this morning. Because he'd do a whole lot better preaching than I'm doing. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for us. Jesus Christ has made a way. He has gone to no small effect. He has gone to no small avenue. He has done all that he can do that you might be saved and born again and spend eternity in heaven. That is his will. That is his desire. But he gave us a free choice. I began to think about the man who rejected Christ. He wanted the things of this world. He wanted to serve himself. 
I began to think what he said. He said, I am tormented in these flames. He said, but Lazarus, Abraham, he said, send someone to tell my four brothers. Was it four or five? It was four or five, amen. He said, send someone to tell my brothers. You know, I noticed that he gained something in hell that he didn't have here on earth. A willingness to go tell somebody to look to Jesus. The audacity to go to someone and say, look to Jesus. The boldness to go and say, don't come to this place of torment. Isn't that incredible what was on his mind? See, our bodies are passing. Your spirit and your soul will never die. You'll have a new body, whether it be up there or down there. That was the one thing he was thinking about. Isn't that incredible? He was burning in the torment of those flames, and he's thinking about his brothers. Don't come to this place. Don't come to this place. I want to say that's sad, and I hate it. If you sit there and meditate long enough, it'll make you sick. I want to say this. Think about the rich man. Think about his willingness, his audacity, his boldness. You and I ought to have that right here and right now. We have the opportunity that he no longer has to tell somebody, turn and repent and give your life to Jesus Christ. He'll change you. I've never been the same since I was seven years ago. The old Branson died. I can try and tell him about him. But I can't really show them to you because spiritually the old man died and I was born of spirit and Jesus Christ has given me new life. All those that look to Jesus will glory. I want to say this. God loves you. He has great things in store for you. Good things. God's got a plan for your life. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Is He your master? Is He your Savior? I'm not asking you if you believe in Him. That's a step, but the demons believe. Pastor Joplin said something on a Wednesday, I think a few weeks ago, that was really, really good. I've never seen the Lord. I've never seen Him. I know He's real. I've seen His power. I know He changed my life. But I've never physically seen Him. I want you to think about that. The demons believe. They're of the spirit realm. They have actually seen Him. And they still reject Him. What I'm asking you is this. Is Jesus Christ right here today, is He your Master, your Lord, and your Savior? Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're lost in this place, I'll tell you this morning, just like I told that man on that corner, I believe God sent me here as a vessel. God don't need me. He can use anybody. I want to say this. I believe He sent me here as a vessel this morning to tell you, I love you. Repent and turn from your sin. Give me your life. I'll make you whole. If you're a child of God in this place, I want to challenge you. Where's your heart at? You know, some of the things that I said, if you took it the wrong way, especially early on about coming to church, it it can sound really, really legalistic. I want you to know this. I was in a really, really legalistic church when I was younger, and I hated it, and I promised I'd never go back. I hate legalism. But I've also started to find out in these days, anytime we talk about obedience and holiness, we just throw it as legalistic and turn the other way. I just want to say this to you, child of God. Be envel- just fall in love with God. Search after Him. Check your heart. 
check your heart. That's between you and God. You're right. I'm not the Holy Spirit, and you will not answer to me. I want to say this, though. God has great plans for you. He wants to use you. He wants to empower you in a mighty way. And He has gone to no small effort to make that happen. He has given up His Spirit. He has given us of His Son. You can live and walk in victory in Jesus' name. You can be His hands and His feet that He's called you to be. And He wants to use you. Listen, remember the rich man crying out to his brothers? He wants to use you in your family's life. He wants to use you in your friend's life. Maybe some of you, listen, every now and again, I get so busy with the things of this world, I don't really have a horror of hell. Can I say this? I don't mean to sound this bad, but I, I want to live with an absolute horror of hell. I do. I want to walk around with a burden and a brokenness that, man, what if today I'm thinking about the things of this world and God put someone in my path and I wasn't ready? Because I was thinking about the things of this world. God, I want the brokenness that you have. God, I want that desire, that audacity, that boldness to be used by you. I want to say this. Just cease striving. Look unto Jesus. When we're not enough, He is. Sometimes we feel like we're so not enough. Look at me. I'm not enough. Our weakness is a stage for God's power and His presence. Rest in Him. Look unto Jesus. As our worship team comes, I want to invite everybody all over this room to stand to your feet. We're going to sing a song of invitation as we close. I want to say this this morning. If God has put it on your heart that you need to be saved, I ask you and I beg you, don't put Him off. We're not promised tomorrow. If God is pursuing your heart, don't turn them away and say, I'll, go, I'll, I'll do it later, I'll do it next week. If God's pursuing you, I want to say respond to Him.